Have you ever thought about your rights and freedoms regarding your money and its impact by legislation from all levels of government? Welcome to the Information Edge with your host, Darren Yancey. Darren has over 40 years of experience in key sectors of the economy, and he's been knee-deep in politics for over a decade. He's going to get into detail on these sectors, the politics surrounding them, what they mean to you, and how you can protect yourself and be involved. Now, live from Texas, your host, Darren Yancey. Well, hello there. I got to tell you, this was off to a little bumpier start than we want. And I got to tell you, the introduction that Voice America puts out is fantastic. I'm accustomed to an intro because I do a Friday broadcast that basically says the views and opinions are not expressed, blah, 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 blah. Um, basically saying, hey, we might be nut jobs and they don't want to have any association with us. So glad to be on Voice America. This is our, what we would call the initial or inaugural broadcast of the podcast. And there's some housekeeping I want to go over because number one, I do an additional show on iHeart on Fridays called the Automotive Edge Radio Show and Truck Talk. So if for some stupid reason you hear me say, go into a commercial or something, that title, don't think that I'm uh, senile and walking around with two screws loose. Uh, It's a habit and sometimes it happens. Speaking of radio, I'm going to take a moment to uh, to bash on it a little bit because right now I know everybody know that, that you're listening to this. You know that the First Amendment and free speech is under attack. Um, I don't know if you know the degree that it's being under attack, but I want to share some information with you that will help you in what you decide you want to listen to. First off, unlike radio, where I don't care if it's conservative radio or I guess non-conservative radio, where it's basically the same thing regurgitated time after time after time after time. You'll hear it on one station, the same station. I don't do that. Um, What I bring to the table is 40 years of my professional experiences, my personal experiences, and and bring it all together. Gosh, you know, I say 40 years. I'm, I'm really not, I'm not Methuselah, by the way. I'm 55. I just got started at a very early age. I don't know if I'm going to keep that in there or not. But let's talk a little bit about what's happening in radio. Right now, you might notice that with the exception of Rush Limbaugh, that all of a sudden the term stole the election is gone up and vanished in the wind. Well, there's a reason for that. Um, all of your major broadcasting networks, Cumulus, Westwood One, iHeart, uh, basically two weeks ago sent out a mafia-style memo that said, if you continue to use these terms in your show, you will have your contracts canceled. The only person that didn't apply to is Rush because he's kind of bulletproof. So if you wonder why that topic just kind of up and went away, that's why. Um, it's under attack. One of the reasons I chose to come on the Voice America radio network as opposed to opening up a show on iHeart, which I had an opportunity and was offered an opening, is some of the issues on restrictions. Um, I want to give you a a clarification on what I mean on that, and we're going to go further into what we're going to do here. This is something on a contract, and right now this is going across the industry. So I want you to understand there's an attack on every form of free speech that you have. We're going to talk about what we can do to to fix it. But this is something out of regulations and restrictions on an iHeart contract. They have a clause called controversial issues. Any discussion of controversial issues of public importance, well, gosh, what isn't, will be reasonably balanced, reasonably balanced, with the presentation of contrasting viewpoints in the course of overall programming. Really? No attacks on the honesty, integrity, or like personal qualities of any person or group of persons will be made during the discussion of controversial issues of public importance. Well, lordy, lordy, you just took away the format right there. But, oh, they're not done. During the course of political campaigns, the programs are not to be used as a form of editorializing about individual candidates. That's from an iHeart contract. So once you understand what's going on and let's talk about what we're going to do for you on this show. So a little housekeeping. Um, the show that we're going to put forth to you today has very specific broad range topics that we're going to talk about. I don't just shoot off into the wind. I'm not going to churn out everything that's going through because again, I'm bringing things from my perspective in the business arena 
in political arena to go through. So one thing I want you to do is understand that this, I'm, this shows a resource for you. And when I say a resource, effectively, I'm putting things together that are going to help make you a better consumer. I'm putting things together that are going to help make you a better voter. And those two things put power in your hands. The first thing I want you to do is get accustomed to going to my site, theinformation.net, informationedge.net, that is. It's a resource site. And when I say it's a resource site, it's going to come in here. It'll show we do have advertisers, and that's new, and that'll never change. They help support the show. The blog, which has my ramblings for over a decade, show topics. This is very important. If you want to know, well, what are we going to discuss on this show in generalization? Now, the Friday show that I do on iHeart, and I, I encourage you to listen to that because of its nature. We, we have a few of these areas that we stick to because of the theme of the show. This show's a little bit different. We're going to talk about energy and natural resources significantly. Oil, gas, renewables, nuclear, water, what's happening internationally, how these can impact your rights and your pocketbook. First responders. Yeah, I'm going to talk about first responders on this show because they are the current heroes that we have in America. You need to know what's going on. We're going to talk about gun rights. You have a Second Amendment right. In this past year, you saw where it was kind of ha handy, and right now, it's a little bit under attack. We're going to talk about infrastructure. Why? Because infrastructure is the it's the nuts and bolts. It's the highways and byways and ports and waterworks that help move goods and services. And what you're going to find in the current administration that's coming out is that definition of infrastructure is going to expand. We're also going to talk about insurance. I've been licensed in insurance for creeping up on 30 years. It's not quite 30 years. And I've, I'm a licensed adjuster. I'm a licensed agent, managing general agent, surplus lines. I've been involved in a lot of these sectors that we're talking about here, as well as others, and developed a significant amount of expertise in them because when, when you go out and you're underwriting and evaluating risk and uh, inspecting them and learning your customer's background, you get very involved. These are areas I focus in. So that's why you'll go, well, why are you doing so much on infrastructure? Well, a lot of my insurance was around that. But there's a lot we'll talk about on what's happening in your home and your car and commercial and industry. Money, I'm not going to sit here and talk to you about money. I don't have that license anymore. But if I've got, uh, if I've got basically a good topic or a good guest, we're going to bring them on. What else we're going to talk about on the show, uh, we'll get into trucking. And you might go, good Lord, why am I listening to your show if you're going to talk about trucking? Well, I'll tell you why. Um, and it's something I talk about also on our Friday show. Trucking is the heart, soul, and blood that moves goods and services all across the United States. The American trucking industry gives you the lifestyle that you have, whether you realize it or not. Those bottles and cartons of milk, they don't just magically appear. The groceries that stock your shelves, they don't just get there overnight. You want to go buy goods and services, they have to be brought there. The trucking industry is what does it. And the trucking industry, well, it's, it's under attack, and it has been for several years from several fronts, overregulation, uh, increasing costs in terms of insurance, operating costs, lower revenues. And what people don't understand is if you don't have a healthy trucking industry, then you have a problem. If you can't move trucks across the United States seamlessly, easily, and cost-effectively, then guess what happens? That $2.50 jug of milk, it becomes $3.50 to $4. That $2.30 loaf of bread becomes $4. And it's something that we talk to you about so you go through. But there's more on the site. Uh, a lot of what we're going to talk about is going to be regulatory issues. So the government site has all of the congressional site links for the House and the Senate. Oh, yeah, I've done that work for you. Federal government sites from the Department of Justice all the way down to the U.S. Energy Administration because we'll cover these on the show. If you want to get involved in the state sites, and we're going to have a segment later in the show talking about how to get involved, and you're not sure where to go, I've done the work for you. I've done it. State sites, no matter what section you want to go to in the state, I can help you find it. So the website is a huge resource that I want you to get in the habit of using. And you can go there, find a lot of stuff. I'll put the blogs there, the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. Now, that's giving you an idea of the show. Uh, what I do want to tell you is when we identify problems, 
I, I'm very thorough in identifying problems. Uh, in other words, I'll lay out what the issue is, and, and I probably beat the horse a little too much, but that's the way I do it. And then I'm going to show you what the solution is. And if I don't have a solution, I'm going to ask for your help because I don't have the solution and everything, but I got a lot of ideas. I've got a lot of ways to help move stuff. And together with the information that I can give you, we can really make some insightful impact. Now, how did I get here? How did I get in front of the microphone talking to you today? It didn't happen overnight, and I really don't think it happened by accident, but a lot of things have a trajectory in life that take you to a certain point. Um, by the way, I do have an about me on the page. It's got a lot more, but I'm going to give you some basic stuff as to how I got here today. Um, I'm not going to go into the my, my wee baby childhood. That's garbage, but I will tell you this. I was a little bit of a wild child. And we moved back. We lived all over the state in California some. Uh, my dad was in some military intelligence. And when we moved back to the Metroplex in the late 70s, the area we moved to was motorcycle mecca, as in like dirt bike racing. Oh, my God. I just get some blood pumping talking about it. And I got involved in all that and did real well, but I got hurt real bad. And it was a factor in my mom leaving my dad. I was one of those latchkey where, you know, the parents got divorced and it put my life on a trajectory that led today because my dad, you know, he said, Hey, look, I'll take over all the debt, gave her what he could. What we didn't realize, um, my mom had come from a very, very poor background and she didn't want to do without. And she'd applied for every credit card that was available and she'd run up something like, I, I even hate to say this. What we took over in 1978 was in excess of $30,000 in credit card debt. Let that sink in. If you had that today, you'd be wag wigging out. We had that in 78. So I was working two jobs. My dad had his normal job. He's working two more jobs. We're busting our butts, burning the candle at both ends. And we got that thing paid off in around two years. And it, it shaped me into going, okay, I want to be control of my financial future. I want to be in control of my future. And it set me on a trajectory. Um, basically, we'll skip, but I, I got into business. I was in sales, um, worked for a national uh, company on, on the security side, got into the automobile business for a little bit, got into the insurance business back in the early 90s. And that was kind of my home. Uh, we ran a retail operation, did real well with the retail operation, and effectively, um, when the financial crisis in 08 came about, I, we got spanked and we got spanked hard. And when Barack Obama came in, in 2008, and he started going down the path that he did once he was elected, myself, like a lot of other folks said, you know what? Maybe I need to do more than what I was doing. See, I, I, I had voted. My first election was Ronald Reagan's um, re-election campaign. And if you told me in 1984 of where we're going to be in 2020 or 2021, I would not have believed you because of where the country was at that time. The reality was, is that after Ronald Reagan up till President Trump, and you may not like everything that President Trump liked, but he did put America first. The four presidents in between, they didn't. We'll talk about that. But I decided to get more involved in politics, and I put the campaign cap, uh, cape on and got out and got into it. Originally, I ran for Congressional District 17, and it was a five-person primary. We're very civilized in the process, but at the same time, I had a pipeline company condemning part of my property to put a pipeline in, and they ended up doing it. We were trying to pass legislation. I was working with our state representative, Rob War at the time. Couldn't get it passed in enough time to stop it because they didn't actually put it on some of my back property that was rural. They put it actually on my residential property. Yeah, that's fun. So we knew we wouldn't be able to sell our house, downsize, whatever, to make a congressional run feasible. Um, so I started for a state Senate run. Got involved, found, I came across a, <laughs> I came across a scandal. People from both Republicans and Democrats were stealing money. I'm not going to get into that today. That's another show in and of itself. Um, ran a good campaign. Lost a, a, a very weird primary. Um, what we have in Texas is we have open primaries. So I looked at our primary election results for a 10-year period and kind of knew what the number of votes that I needed to get. And I got my votes. 
What I didn't count on is I didn't have, there wasn't an opponent on the other side outside of the primary. There was no Democrat. And in Texas, with those open primaries, a bunch of Democrats came in and voted for my opponent. At the time, it was devastating. Absolutely devastating. Um, I look back on it today as one of the most brilliant moves that could have happened politically. I mean, they just outsmarted me. Bottom line was, I should have paid attention to those people that call themselves Democrats, because you know what? As a nation, while at probably we're not going to agree on everything, we could probably come together on 50 to 60 percent of the topics when you go from whether you're liberal or whether you're consider yourself conservative. I didn't even address that base. I didn't even go out and reach out to them. That was stupid of me. It was really stupid, but it was a brilliant strategy, a stroke of genius. And it's one today I can look back and go, man, we got outsmarted. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I just popped back up and uh, dusted myself off and got back in the game. When you go out and you put the political campaign cape on and you put yourself and you put your family out there and you have a loss, um, not everybody responds well. I will tell you my post-election post-mortem was not good. I didn't take good care of myself. I let myself go a little bit. I got depressed. It took me a little bit of time to get out. Here's what helped. I had never prior to running as a candidate done anything more than vote in a general election. I thought, hey, I'll do my civic duty. Let the people do the, let the parties and the machine take care of the primaries, all that nonsense. I'm going to do my civic duty and go vote for the candidate that they put on the platform. And Lord almighty was at the dumbest thing that I could have ever done. And by the way, I'm not alone in that. There's a lot of people that woke up in 2009, 2010. So I said, you know what? I didn't make it here, but that doesn't mean I can't be impactful. So I started going to the very bottom, the very grassroots in politics, getting involved in the precincts, getting involved as an election judge. Okay. I've worked elections since 2012. I've done primaries. I've done general elections. And I will tell you something. We had a heist here, and we're going to get into some of the issues here in just a second, but I started working that through and getting involved and helping people on that side, and in 2016, I kind of got conned into, I didn't run for an office, but I was appointed to an office um, as a county commissioner for the Johnson County Emergency Services District. Didn't pay anything. Uh, it was your time, but it was very satisfying. I worked up, started up just as a member, became the secretary treasurer and risk manager. Um, just turned out this December, I had come in in a midterm. We have a new commissioner that actually appoints that position. A new one came in, one of their own person. I said, no, it was no big deal. They termed out and it was a great close to five-year run that I had and that enjoyed it thoroughly and learned a lot about what happens and why we have the problem we have today in funding and saw personally got involved in that sausage making process. And I know why we have these problems with these budgets. Everybody goes, why can't they stop spending? I will get into it in other programs of why they can't. I've watched it personally, drove me insane. Um, In 2019, I had the pleasure of being appointed to the Brazos River Authority Board of Directors by Governor Greg Abbott. And that is one of the oldest boards in the state of Texas in terms of a water authority. And then basically it's watering, it's monitoring water. It's a very cool process. And I got to tell you something, we will talk about water on this show because it is going to be one of the most precious resources that we're going to have in the coming months. So when I tell you, this is kind of how, what shaped me and got me here. Um, Two years ago, I started doing a broadcast. Friend had tried to get me in it before. We got into the broadcast, I liked it but we kind of, we have a set set of topics and I wanted to have more topics. I wanted to have more freedom. That's how I'm here with you today. So we're going to start talking about things. Now, this is a live show, by the way, if you want to be a part of this show, you can call in 866-472-5788. We got a couple of rules. Number one, no profanity. Okay. I don't want to know how low your mind goes in the gutter. Number two, we talk. We don't yell. We don't scream. We talk past that. You can call in. 
I don't care what you want to talk about. If I've got some degree of intelligence on it, or if I can make a speculation, we'll have a discussion about it. So I want you to call into the show as you can. Let's talk about the great heist. Uh, and it was a great heist. And I got to tell you something. I know a lot of people are mad, me, me too, but I'm going to sit back and I'm going to take the same perspective now that I did from my 2010 campaign run. Folks, we got outsmarted and you got to give credit where credit was due. So let me tell you some things from my experiences where I know we've got some baloney that we've got to fix. The first is the issue with counting ballots. Having been an election judge in many primaries and general elections, let me explain to you what the process is. A precinct where you go and you vote, those precincts, when it's done at the end of the night, in our case in Texas, we have paper ballots, always have, we always will. Those ballots are put into a box. You got paperwork you got to do. It takes you about an hour when the actual polls close and you get your last voter out. Then you take it and effectively you take it to your county elections board. Your county elections board, then they separate it with all the precincts and they start counting and they don't stop till they're all counted. What we had happen on election night with the stoppage of counting has never been recorded before. It was a deliberate attempt to stop, create diversions, okay? Why? Because they didn't like the results going in. That's got to stop. Now, as far as this nonsense with Dominion, I don't have a billion dollars, but right now they're throwing around billion-dollar lawsuits, so I'm just going to say this. Um, the bottom line is paper ballots can be tracked. Software can be hacked. Enough said. If you live in a state with Dominion, we're going to talk about how you can potentially get out of that later. Here's the big issue that came out was ballot stuffing. COVID was used to create a system of unaccountability to flood the electric with unsecure, unsolicited ballots. How do we change that? We're going to talk about that. But some of the biggest things that we had come out of this election was the failure of the proper congressional and Supreme Court institutional constitutional duties to go through. Now, if you're, if you're leaning on the liberal side and you're going, hey, I really like what's going on because my guy's in power and we're going to pass all the bills. Okay, sit back and pat yourself on the back. You know, don't, don't hurt your arm. But I'm going to tell you something. This should concern anybody involved because I can tell you, if it's good for the Democrat Party right now, trust me, it'll be good for the Republican Party later. It's not how we need to run elections. So we've got to stuff. We've got to take the ballot stuffing away. But when a we had constitutional issues, okay. If you don't have a constitution, I recommend you pick up a couple of pocket constitutions. They're all over the place. I will be referring to it a lot of times when we're getting into these issues. So I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm going to read to you from it because here's one of the basic issues we had. And I'm reading now from article one, section four of the United States constitution, the times places and manner of holding electors elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof period. That doesn't mean a state judge or a federal judge can say, eh, we're going to let you do those paper ballots till Monday, even though with the elections till Friday, you can't have a secretary of state override it. The bottom line is the legislatures have the authority and it's on, it's what's on the books. You had several states, we're not going to get into the names of the states, you know who they are, that didn't follow those prescribed procedures that were on the books at the time of their election. Now, there's the key thing. So when the state of Texas filed, they said, hey, your, your problems are causing problems with our voting results and other states stepped in, Supreme Court should have heard it. This nonsense of that it had no standing or they didn't want to get involved, blah, 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 blah. That's garbage. They should have stepped up and made a judgment, even if the judgment was, we find no problems. They should have stepped in. That was a failure. The second failure was obviously the 12th Amendment in the certification of the electors. Now, there are a lot of people say, oh, oh you know, there's an insurrection, and all that's not, no, there wasn't an insurrection. If there's an insurrection, folks, nothing would have been left of Washington, D.C. You had a few thousand nuts that did things they shouldn't have been doing, that doesn't represent 80 million voters. Don't let it sway you that it does. But the reality is 
the vice president had an opportunity because there were competing electors in other states to send them back to the states to review. And that's the issue. Does it mean take it over? I don't know. I mean, realistically, there's a question of constitutional authority as to whether or not the, the vice president could do that. Uh, there was a suit put against them by Louis Gohmann on the House of Representatives to try to open that door. And I could understand why Mike Pence didn't want to go say, well, it's, they certified this, even though we may have problems. But it was within his constitutional authority to say, you know what? Send it back, review it. Let's look at this again in five days, 10 days, whatever it could have been. And that's all people wanted. That didn't happen. That's a failure of our system. And that's something that we got to address. Okay. We got to address because effectively you can't have one party or one political persuasion outthinking and outmaneuvering another party or political persuasion that effectively has huge ramifications here. Now, I've been rambling on here. I don't know if I'm getting any type of, uh, okay. I'm not sure when my breaks are, so we may go till the end of the show. I'm sure my uh, producer will let me know when it's time. Uh, so if all of a sudden, if they go, eh, then you'll, you'll know I'm getting hacked. I'm getting off. So let's take an examination of what's going on here. Um, we've had the election and it's now time to look at the results. And the results are effectively, I think, I think we got to stop and look at, did 81 million people really vote for killing of jobs? Oil and gas industry just lost a lot with the Keystone Pipeline. So here's the question. In losing all those people, losing all those jobs in the Keystone Pipeline, those were union jobs of most of them, Okay. Did that help anybody? Did that make America stronger? Did it make uh, did it make our union better? Did it help people pay taxes, make mortgages? I think it didn't. So that's something we're going to uh, get ready for. We're going to take a commercial break. Get up. I'm going to stretch my legs for a minute. Take a slosh of tea. And uh, when we come back, we're going to dive into another segment on some of the issues and how we can save the republic. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. 
In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand, all from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to The Information Edge. God, I love these intros and outros. It's so much better than what I'm accustomed to. And this is live. Uh, if you want to be a part of the show, you want to comment, have something to add to the current role of topics, or you've got something that's out of the role of topics, let's talk about it. 866-472-5788. You can email me, Darren at DarrenYancey.com. And I do social media, although uh, that's going to start changing. I've been doing Twitter I do very little on Facebook. I've never, I, I've never been a big fan of Facebook to begin with, but I started doing a little bit more. I was kind of a Twitter person. And I'll tell you the reason I was a Twitter person. Twitter's mean, and I, I have a little bit of a mean streak in me. And I could go on, and we could have wonderful conversation. We could just blast one another. Well, you know, uh, now we've got the overlords who basically are saying, thou shall not do this, and thou shall not do that, and we're going to do blah, you know, they got horns coming out of their heads and their their eyes are spinning in the back of their throats and they're currently having their moment of power going, oh, we are supreme and this will change. But something you need to watch. And uh, I'm not going to be on Twitter much longer, probably another couple of months. You can follow me at DG Yancey 65, but I'm moving to Gab currently at DG Yancey 65. And I'll tell you why. I watched a show last night. I'd heard about it, but I hadn't sit down and actually watched it. And I encourage you to watch it. You need a Netflix account. I know a lot of people cancel them over the girl, the thing with the girls in the summertime. And I get it, understand it, did it myself. Reactivate the account to go in and watch The Social Dilemma. You must watch this show. It's about an hour and 20 minutes It has people from all over big tech, people that worked at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google, um, and and they're going to tell you things that you've suspected, but you weren't sure of. And after you watch it, you're going to go, yeah, I need to make some changes because I was thinking about making changes when President Trump was being censored. Whether you like the president or not is not the point. Man has the right to make his platforms, make his speeches. If you think he cited insurrection, that's your opinion. You can go out there and and espouse it. If you feel that he didn't, like I do, do, uh, you have your right to say that. But for a sitting president to be censured, you need to understand if, if they're willing to go against a sitting president, then you or I, we're fleas on the back of an elephant's ass. So... You, you really need to be concerned about it. And after you watch this show, again, it's The Social Dilemma. You cannot follow it on social media. Um, you're going to want to make some changes in how you perceive your involvement with certain platforms. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, we'll cover it in depth on another show. But right now, what we're going to be talking about is we talked about here's what happened in the 2020 general election, the problems with it. We're going to talk about some of the results. We're going to talk about how do we save the republic? How do we get all this back? Because if I put all this stuff out here and at some point you go, okay, Darren, information overload, stop. I need a solution. I'm going to give you that solution. Okay. But like I said in the beginning, I have a method on how I set things up. I set up the premise I beat it to death, and then we solved the problem. All right, first off, let's talk about the results. We were talking about the Keystone Pipeline. You know, I've heard anywhere from 11,000. Texas says we're going to lose 120,000. I don't know what it is. I just know it's not good. Killing jobs is not good. Now, look, I I get it. Mr. Biden is is green, and we got a green deal that's going to be coming. 
But the developer of the pipeline came out and said, hey, we're going to make this thing carbon free. We're going to make it carbon free. Let's talk about this. Well, we didn't even have, get to have that conversation. And we're killing jobs and we're killing revenue. That's not a smart thing to do. I'm hoping Mr. Biden gets some advisors that go, you know, let's go back and talk with these folks. If they can make it carbon, maybe we can look at a phase out. You know, we're, we're, we're looking at time here, folks. Okay. Then we see an executive order to release <laughs> all the folks that aren't here legally. I, I'm still scratching my head on this. Um, what, what's the purpose in that? What good does that do? Now, look, I'm, we're not heartless, but the reality is we do have federal laws. We want you to come to the country legally. If not, we want you to wait till you can come legally. Um, the state of Texas is already suing, said, eh, 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 we're not going to let it go. And we got a real problem here in Texas. Um, we re-entered the Paris Accord. Now, some of you are probably jumping up now. And, oh, my God, that's great. Well, no, it's not. Okay. The Paris Accord is a bureaucratic agreement that basically extorts money out of countries. And those who can pay more do. So guess who they're going to pony up and hose down? The USA. Because, oh, we've got all this carbon, which is a bunch of crock. Bottom line is, I am not against clean air and clean water. I've been around long enough, by the way. When I remember when we had a legitimate clean air and clean water issue where you couldn't walk outside breathing in, in certain areas where you couldn't go into rivers and, and uh, any type of estuary because you were probably going to get something and die. Now, that doesn't mean we don't want to stop the process. That doesn't mean we don't want to continue to go on. But to say that we are this awful uh, carbon country that's just going to kill everything is garbage. So. Did we re-enter re the Paris Accord? Did it make us stronger? No, I think it made us uh, less financially sound. It doesn't mean you can't have goals. It doesn't mean you can't do things to keep reducing the carbon, to keep making things cleaner. But just writing a check for the purpose of writing a check is insanity, folks. It's insanity, okay? we got to stop the insanity. Then we got some transfer. Oh, oh my God. Then we got some appointees that are, well, interesting. Um, Mr. Pete Buttigieg is going to be your U.S. Department of Transportation uh, Secretary. Um, folks, the, the, the Department of Transportation is an infrastructure. It, it oversees your ports, your bridges, your roads, your highways, your byways. It also regulates, it has different bodies within it that regulate trucking. You probably should try to get someone that's got, I don't know, maybe some possible little, maybe just an itty bitty ounce of experience. Pothole Pete doesn't know squat. He said, don't get me wrong. Guy's a nice guy. Okay. I have nothing personal against him. Belty ran a good campaign. He's got some strengths. He's got some weaknesses, but this is an area. This man is, he's going to be drinking from a 40 megaton fire hose for the next four months once he's in there, because he doesn't have a clue as to what he's doing. And I haven't seen anybody that's coming in that's going to help him turn down the volume on that fire hose. It's going to be interesting. Then we got a new secretary of state, Mr. Blinken. There's a name we're going to have fun with. His sole agenda is to go out and reverse America first policy. Now, how does that make us stronger? Look, I don't care who's in office. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a Republican. You should be putting the country first. That's what you're elected to do. And you're going out now. We're, we're appointing people to go out and reverse what's best for the country. I mean, if you're going to smack, if you're going to smoke crack, can you do it on the weekends and not during the day? My God. And then the great one. Reversing policies on the prices for, for insulin and EpiPens. How in the world did that help us? Last time I checked, diabetes has no political agenda. It doesn't care if you're liberal. It doesn't care if you're conservative. It doesn't care if you're black, white, purple, or polka dot. If you need it, you need it. It's just, I don't know how it got that way, but it did. So we can't do anything about it right now. We'll try to do something about it soon, but let's talk about how we start reversing the process. Okay. First off, you need to understand to save the republic, you, you, you need to take the concept of party and set it aside. Because frankly, folks, both parties have sold out the United States. 
If you're a Democrat over, say, 35, you're you're an affiliation with a Democrat party that doesn't exist anymore that was based upon labor. Uh, the Democrat party has been the most anti-labor party in the last 20 years. You doubt what I'm saying? Well, go look at NAFTA, uh, which was moving jobs out. You look at the immigration policies that are not, that's not pro-labor. Uh, you look at what just happened with the Keystone Pipeline. That's not pro-labor. Okay. You look at what's being happened in advances in tech. That's definitely not pro-labor. Um, the Republican side hadn't been any better. They've been given incentives. Oh, you want to go overseas and do this, do this? Well, come on, buddy. Go get it going. We're going to give you incentives. Just pure insanity. So how do we stop it? We got to stop it by being able to elect better officials. And the way you can elect better officials is we got to start talking about the process that we just went through. Okay. Now, if you go to the blog, informationedge.net, go down the blog site, December 18th, Saving the Republic. I put all this in detail. The first thing that we have to do is we must make mail-in ballots secure because I can tell you right now, it's not going to go away. How do I know it? Well, there's this little thing called House Resolution 1 from the 117th Congress. Oh, yes, they've already introduced a bill. And in that bill, uh, there is promoting Internet registration, automatic voter registration, same voter registration. In other words, they're talking about changing the ability on how that you can register and how to get votes. Now, understand, I, we don't want to suppress anyone's vote. But we don't want it where the same person can vote 10 times or that everybody in Grandma's cemetery can vote 10 times because you've got some of that going on right now. Now, do they have the constitutional authority to make these rules? Well, let's go back to Article 1, Section 4. I read the first part of it to you, but there was a clause that says, but the Congress may at any time by law may or alter such regulations. Now, what does that mean? They can put out these things. The states, however, can go in and fine tune them to their own. So regardless of what they want to do in terms of voter registration or mail-in ballots, the state's still going to have the right to make sure that those are secure. The first thing you must have is a secure ballot. Now, I'm going to give you information based upon what I can tell you in the state of Texas. Uh, we will be having Senator Brian Birdwell on um, probably late February, early March, and talk about what they're going on. But I can tell you in Texas, if you want to do an absentee ballot, okay, that's called a solicited ballot. A solicited ballot is one where you actually ask for it. And one of the issues that's got to come up is the elimination of non-solicited ballots. The absentee ballot in Texas requires voter registration because we have voter ID, um, verified signature on that ballot against the registration. You have to request it. You only get one. There's the key thing. One, not five, not 15, not 20, not 100, not as many as you could fill out and send back in. Okay. It's one. And I will tell you, having been an election judge, our absentee ballot process in Texas is one of the most secure out here because if you request that ballot and you lose it, you got to go to the election board and get another one. If you don't mail it in and you want to come in the day of the, the election and vote at the precinct, you cannot do it. I personally turn people away. You got to go to the elections board. So the first thing is making the ballot secure. You must have securitization of those ballots. Um, if you don't have voter ID and you don't have this measure going on in your state, we want you to do it. The other is, remember, we talked about the stoppage, stoppage of counting. That must be addressed as well. There is no reason to stop counting ever unless you have an act of God or power goes out. And you better, if you're dealing with paper ballots like Texas and Florida do, and we get it in, you don't have the issue. If you're in a state that does electronic ballots, you need to really think about how you can make that change. Now, if you're going, oh, Derek, I don't know where to go. Oh, well, guess what? I have done the work for you. Go to the website, go to informationedge.net, go to the government sites. You'll see three drop downs, congressional site links, federal government site links, and state site links. All of our little states are right there. So if you're, for example, if you live in, well, let's just pick Michigan, and you go, oh, I would like to know how to get involved. Well, you click that, and it's going to take you to all of the committees that they have in the Michigan legislature. And what you will normally find, this is going to be something that's usually under the elections committees, okay? 
For example, you had, now this one, you got to do a little bit more. You actually got to click on committees when you go to this link, but it'll take you to the committees. You normally have one on your house side and you normally have one on your Senate side. Okay. And so what you want to do is you want to find out who's involved in those committees, contact them and say, Hey, what are you doing for ballot security? What are you doing to be sure that we're not going to be stopping counting them in the wee hours of the night so people can bring in, in my opinion, uh, lots of other ballots that messes up the product. If we can secure balletization, now this House Resolution 1, uh, it's out there and I'll, I'll, I'll put a pin on the site that you can go through, but you can look up right now, House Resolution 1 of the 117th Congress, it spells it out what they're trying to do. They're trying to dilute the voting privilege and that's what it is it's a privilege and make it where anybody that just falls out of the sky uh have no no rules now think about it if you're trying to get into an event you've got to provide all kinds of ids this is talking about the democracy of our country we need to know that we have one person who's registered to do that vote and if you have someone that comes up and says well you're 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 practicing voter suppression and Tell them, blow it out their ear. We don't want any more rigged elections. And I'm going to tell you something. If you Look, I don't care where you are on which side of the aisle. I don't care if you're liberal. I don't care if you are conservative out the wazoo. This concerns everybody. Make it right. Look, when Barack Obama won in 2008, there was no question that the guy won legally. Bush did a terrible job. He did a terrible job. They gave him a chance. You knew it. Okay. I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem if you don't like what's happening and you're trying to outsmart us. And let's face it, we got outsmarted. Got to stop that nonsense. Got to stop that nonsense. So I've done the work for you. You go there. That's how we get the process started. Now, make sure you have voter ID in your state. If you don't, you need to be contacting these same people. Do we have voter ID? And if we don't, why not? And this is where it starts. Okay. Now, there's also called the Article 5 Convention of States. That gets into Article 5 of the Constitution, which is basically a, it's an emergency clause when the federal government refuses, I mean, flat out refuses to do its job. The Article 5 Convention of States is there to allow us to go and reclaim the republic. Right now, there's 15 of 34 needed states to get in. There's a lot of red states that have got to go through, but there's going to have to be some blue states. You might go, well, why would they go through? Well, Blue states actually pay more in taxes than a lot of red states. Matter of fact, they support a lot of red states. Now, you might not like that, but that's the truth. And they might be able to rearrange their monies. Bottom line is we got to find some common ground to reclaim because we cannot do unsustainable, like the, the stimulus that just got passed for giving people money. How much of that money went to didn't go to Americans? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad the people in your grade get in a parking lot. How does that help the folks up? Uh, that are, are, are starving to death in California. I mean, just, we got to stop it. And this is how you do it. The other is, and this is in a separate blog that I just did, um, you got to use your, you got to use your, your quiet voice. And your quiet voice is effectively, this is where you got to be sure everybody knows that you're watching and you're listening. Okay. There's a lot of folks that obviously we talked a little bit about social media, but there's a lot of companies that have come out and said, well, we, you know, we're, we're just going to, you know, crush anybody that supported President Trump. You know, I don't remember anybody in, uh, complaining when the Democrats objected to the presidential electors of 2000, 2004, 2016. They did it, but nobody wanted to punish them. The reality is you've got an opportunity. Your states spend money. They have investments. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said, you know what? We're getting out of Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, Apple, and Google. We've already sent our demands to the state of Texas. If you get, if you use this site that I put out, if you use this resource to contact your state, find out how to get a hold of your governor. Find out how to get a hold of these committees. You can email them. You can call them. You can go to their websites and say, I want my state to divest. I want a message sent. They will listen to you. If you start making changes in these companies that are out here trying to punish you, they will make a difference. They will start to make a change. So what you have to do, I don't know why my nose is itching all of a sudden, is you've got to make yourself heard. And you got to do it with your quiet voice. You've got to do it with your 
money voice. We've already seen Twitter and Facebook in a financial freefall because of what the action that they took. A lot of the advertisers said, oh, that's not a good thing. And I can assure you, there's probably going to be a new social media platform come out in the very near future that might be backed by former President Trump. And if it is, those two platforms will be destitute. So if there's somebody that comes out and says, hey, we're going to hammer you, hammer them back silent. You don't have to get on Facebook and Twitter and blast them. Just stop doing business with them. I recognize that sometimes it's easier said than done. But the question is, what kind of America do you want to live in? Do you want to save the Republic? Or do you want to watch her fade into the night? See, the reality is you're only one really bad election away from things just going absolutely haywire. You go from the ballot to the bullet, and nobody wants that. We want a better America. We want a stronger America. We want an America where you've got the right to talk. We want an America where defending your rights as the Constitution is not a crime. It's the law. It happens to be the law of the land. It happens to be something that we've had a lot of blood spilled for. We don't want to see any more blood spill for it. But you shouldn't be downtrodden. You shouldn't be hard. You shouldn't be beat to a pulp because you support something. So what I'm going to be doing on this show is each week we're going to be talking about this, how to save the republic, how to use your pocketbook on all the topics that I've talked about. You've got a, a list of them. You can go to the website. You can check it out. You can send me an email. You can go to the social media sites that I've got on there. Again, Gab is something I've just added. It's at DGYancy65. I will keep the Twitter account open. I will keep the Facebook open for a few months, but I am in the process of moving to Gab. All right, folks, listen, I appreciate it. This has been a great, great launch. You've been listening to the Information Edge podcast with me, Darren Yancey. I hope to be your host for a good while coming. Catch me Fridays uh, on iHeart. For the Automotive Edge Radio Show and Truck Talk, you can find both of them at my website at theinformationedge.net. Have a blessed day. Thank you for tuning in to the Information Edge. Please join your host, Darren Yancey, again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have more to share then.